As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. This week's podcast is brought to you in part by Seabrook Performance. Luke and the guys at Seabrook Performance are prepared to tackle any performance engine or carburetor projects you have. Stay tuned for more on what Seabrook Performance can do for you. In addition, today's podcast is presented by the rescheduled Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. Galen and Britt are promoting the 10th annual Mosier Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge coming up this November. Stay tuned for details and more information. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. It's Million Dollar Week, Big Jed. Yes, it is. Big, big week, Luke. It is, and that's what we'll dedicate most of the show to today. It's the Million Dollar Preview. We will be joined by the only, to date, multi-time winner of the original Million Dollar Drag Race. We've got some recaps, some results from last week. NHRA went to Charlotte. I wouldn't say that we have more clarity in the NHRA points chase in any of the sportsman categories, but that's one less event to settle it. Everything's still pretty muddled. We'll discuss at least a little bit. And Big Jed, for our listeners, for those of you tuning in that are still listening after the last two weeks, pretty sure we set a record last week. Did we go two hours? We had to be close. Uh, it was long. I it don't was know. very long. The good news, or at least according to the what I suspect is the vocal minority of people that message us and say you love these super long shows, possibly the bad news, we've got a bit of a hard out today. Like, Believe it or not. Jed and I have things to do outside of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. So we're going to shut this down. I can pretty well guarantee, Big Jed, not going longer than 90 minutes. By the time we edit things, probably actually close to that hour that we typically shoot for. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. 
Let's lead things off. Million dollar re- million dollar week. What everybody's talking about. Gotta hear this. This week on what everyone is talking about. It is mid October. What else could everyone be talking about? It is the week of the twenty third annual Mickey Thompson Million Dollar Drag Race. Yeah, Luke, obviously it's that time of year again. There's a lot of racing available to the bracket racer these days, but the original million just has an appeal to it, and it's just people want to be there. And expecting another really big crowd this year, very excited about the fact that it's in my home state. It's only 100 miles south of me, so you know I get to enjoy a premier event right here in my home state. Really looking forward to it. You know, obviously uh, been a part of the program now for quite a few years and we'll be again this year. We'll be announcing part time at the million and racing as well. My my man Jim Gleason and Ryan Gleghorn will be helping out on the mic. So the uh, the trio there of us will be calling some shots at the million and just looking forward to another fun time down there. It's a it's a gathering of people from all around that's uh, unlike any other so it's, it's going to be very exciting and looking forward to seeing you there as well and hopefully if uh, we square up like we did the last time we were uh, racing in a million together i will get a win light this time but probably going to be stingy and keep them all to yourself i'm going to do my best in a day and age jed we have more options and there because for years this was the million this was the only race that paid really i think more than fifty thousand dollars to win and it typically paid north of two hundred thousand dollars to win in a season in a time when we have more big dollar options than ever you would think that this event and all these events would get watered down to some extent and i don't guess to to degree any of them do but certainly not this race the the original million just the prestige the history there are other races and other promoters that do an excellent job but just in terms of atmosphere it's difficult to match this just when you know that there have been 22 winners crowned at at facilities various facilities it's uh in what huntsville montgomery atlanta memphis muncie one year and <laughs> yeah. uh, and and back to montgomery it's a special event i think for everyone it's a special event for me I went to my first million. Actually, it was in Montgomery um, back in 1999. I was 18 years old, had a family friend that had a bunch of confidence in me, a bunch of faith in me. I could have never ponied up the money to enter it myself. He put me in. I went. I think I got round money back. Like I think I'm like, God, I got my two grand back in the million. I actually ended up winning the Sunday 20 grander. It was like my first win on a national stage. And the hook was set. I've been back every year since. I've followed it to all of those locations that we just mentioned, except Huntsville. I missed the, the first couple that were at Huntsville. So I actually had to get my fingers out because I was thinking I started in 99. So next year it'd be 20. But when you'd actually do the math, this will be my 20th consecutive uh, million dollar race. So that's pretty cool. Special to me. Yeah, it's a pretty good run, 20 of those in a row, you know, and, and obviously having a lot of success throughout that 20 years. I don't uh, know if I'd go that far, Ted. Well, <laughs> well uh, you know, I won a, one of the 20s, uh, I think in 2013, if I remember right, it was 13 or 14. And, you know, it's nothing like winning a million, but just winning there gets you so much attention and praise and just congratulations from all over the place. It was amazing how 
fast that stuff started happening. I can only imagine, as you have won a million-dollar race, I can only imagine what that's like winning the big show. But just winning on that stage at all is is very, very special. So, you know, the people that get those $25,000 wins, that, you know, it's obviously not the million, but it won't diminish what they've accomplished, especially in 600-car field. So just looking forward to it. You know, we're, we're going to have a million preview with the only two-time winner uh, of the event thus far, and that's Gary Williams. Gary be coming up on the interview, his take on the million, and, and tell us a little bit about his successes there. Looking forward to talking to him. But it's an event like no other, Luke, and, and just very excited to, to be headed down there. It's uh, As we're recording now, it's Monday evening, and you and I both will leave in about 48 hours headed that way. So really excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. And did you just did you just say we're gonna have Gary Williams on? Yeah, yeah. I pulled some strings and got Gary uh, coming on the show to talk to us a little bit. So looking forward to that as well. All right. Well, seeing as we have a guy that's done it not once but twice, you and I should probably stop gas bagging and let's get Gary on here with us. All right, as we discussed, uh, we've got a, a guest on with us. This guy needs no introduction. He's a former guest of the podcast. He is the winner of, well, you name it, he's won it. If you can imagine a big dollar bracket race, this guy's probably held the trophy and might have done it more than once. He won the million-dollar race in 2004. He did it again in 2007. To date, he's the only two-time winner of the original million-dollar drag race. Great to have G-Dub, Gary Williams, on the phone with us. G-Dub, how you doing tonight, bud? Oh, pretty good. Just getting some family time before we head up to Alabama. Yeah, you told us off-air you're at uh, Mama's getting a a nice home-cooked meal before you get into sack lunches and dinners. So uh, I'm sure you enjoy that time with the family. Yeah, you don't get a lot of it, but uh, swing in here when I can, grab what I can, give <laughs> me some home cooking and peel out. I'm a pretty good eater. Yeah, fix an extra plate and see if it'll keep till Wednesday evening. I'd love to, <laughs> love to join you. <laughs> G-Dub, yeah, she, go ahead. She called man. me and said, what do you want for dinner? I said, goulash. She said, I'll make it. I said, I'm coming over. Oh, sounds good. G-Dub, take us back to 2004, your first million-dollar race win. It's not like you were inexperienced or unknown in the big-dollar bracket, saying you you were very well-known and, and very well-accomplished. But for you, like anybody else, the million brought your richest payday at that time. How did it change your life, or did it? And how did it impact the way that you viewed yourself as a racer? Well, it definitely was the most prestigious race even for any bracket racer to win and just having your name on that list went miles with any kind of sponsorship or anything credible that you can do that year. I was having a real, real, real bad year. wasn't hardly winning anything. I actually took a month off and uh, came, brought my car home and went up there, rode and had somebody else bring my car up there that week to run the million and ended up driving very good on Saturday and, sneaking by some tight rounds and getting the win and uh it changed my whole attitude didn't hardly lose for a month to that good backstory Gary, there like 99.999 percent that's a once in a lifetime achievement and yet just yeah. three short years later you duplicate the feat same facility right both your wins were at memphis right yeah they were both at memphis and in 04 i like really drove good in 07 i got lucky i was not feeling good <laughs> was in the motorhome sleeping most of the time. The race took forever. And um, I slept, I lost first round or one of the rounds and slept all the way till I could buy back at the last minute. 
and pulled up at the end of the round and that was like midnight or something. It was so late just to finish like second round or whatever it was and raced through and ended up running my brother at four cars. And he says, we're making history because he won in 98 and I won in 04. And then we had to run at four cars. He said, no matter what happens, just finish this. And uh, we ran at four cars and I made my best run of the weekend and got by him. And then the guy went red in the finals, uh, Ricky Atkins did. So, yeah, and that was just like, shows me both aspects of it. You know, sometimes you work real hard to get it, and other times you can skate through and end up winning your biggest payday ever. No doubt. I guess in the moment, I mean, you kind of talked like with the exception, and I do remember that round with Troy, it was some just insane bloodbath round, typical of you two, but obviously not typical of your day to that point. In the moment, like... What was the feeling? Obviously, it has to be a little bit surreal, especially when you feel like you maybe weren't at the top of your game, but to win it for the second time in three years. And has that maybe emotion or feeling like that perspective changed at all 10 years now removed from it to think that you're the only person to date that's done it twice? It was really like every year when you're up there watching, it's not, I don't want to cheer against the guys that won before, but I kind of always wanted to keep that seat, you know, something nobody else has ever done. And, sure. uh, you know, the other year with, with Verdi, when he won two in one year, that's something that'll probably never be done again. It's really, you know, spectacular. There's so much big races now that it's unreal. This year was like the largest bracket payouts I've ever even heard of ever by 10 times everywhere you go. I, like, I don't even leave home now if I don't pay 50 or more. And it makes it to where, like, when we used to win a 50, there was only two a year or three a year. Now there's three a weekend. And it's just really kind of not to scrape this race because this race is the original. This is the one that started it all. It still has the hype of everything. And I'll show that this week. Since last year, this race, they're all coming up here to watch, you know. And it's just the feel that you have when you go out there and there's a line of people down each side just heading for the water box. You like feel like you're in a streetcar it won the heads up races where you know everybody's around and it definitely gives it a feeling where it's the biggest stage there is for bracket racing yeah good point it does garner a lot of attention because it is the original million it still has a ton of prestige behind it have you been to every million gary everyone since i started going in like 99 i haven't missed any since 99 Really close. So having been such a huge part of it and for such a long time, what's your take on the impact that this event's had on our portion of the sport? Obviously, you just alluded to it and what's available to the racer now, but give us your take on it. Uh, I mean, it definitely set a ball up there and we always thought it would never be matched. There was other people, you know, other even Earwood and um, Howard went to do the Millennium Million and stuff over there. And when that didn't make it, I was like, this is the only one that'll make it. And, you know, not a lot of people can afford to do this a couple times a year. So I, I'm really impressed by how big it's gotten for all the other races and this race and everything to continue to have the large car counts. You know, we figure after so many people can take vacation and pay and, and the entry fees that it costs to run this stuff that, you know, it's really, you would think it has to die out at some point, but the large car counts and the people showing up and the races getting bigger, it don't seem to be slowing down now. 
Yeah, to your point, we've got we're so fortunate in our shoes, at least to, in this day and age, to have so many great options at the pinnacle, you know, the, these huge dollar events. But there is, I think, also to your point, as good a job as Pete and Kyle and Kyle Riley and, and all the other promoters do. Like there is something to be said for the prestige and the history of the original million. It's, it's why we dedicate this show to it. Gary, when we had your brother Troy on back, shoot, I guess it's been close to a year ago now. He brought to light and reminded us all of your big buck late round or final round record. And I don't remember the details, but like most of our listeners know, not only have you won $2 million races, but in all finals, $50,000 to win or more. I don't remember if you're undefeated or like nine and one. It's something ridiculous. What is the actual record or do you know? I've never lost a final that paid 30 or higher. <laughs> and. And I think I've been in nine total that were 30 or higher. And to your point from earlier, nowadays, I mean, that that statement in itself has maybe lost a little bit of its luster, not the undefeated part, the fact that you've been in nine of them over the last couple of years yeah. because there are so many of those events. But keep in mind to the listener, when Gary says that, for, what, probably two decades plus of your racing career, there was literally five or six opportunities a year to race for that kind of money. Like just appearing in nine finals is ridiculous. And then to be nine and oh right. is nuts. Do you yeah, have any, I would say nine. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would say nine is a high. Cause I mean, we pretty much, we had Stanton, the million in bell Rose gateway. There was probably closer to six or seven that paid 50 or higher a year at the most. Right. And to your point, like, do you have any kind of explanation for your ability to, I guess, rise to the occasion in those huge spots? And I realize there's no guarantee, like you may lose the next nine times you're in that position, but to date, you've never have. Is there anything in you? Do you approach those rounds any differently? Do you have any kind of good explanation as to how you've managed to keep that unblemished record? I, I really can't say for sure. I know I try to run all of them as the same I, I get to the final i don't think i need to put a few thou in or dial closer or do anything that i didn't do the round before i always feel like whatever got me there i'm going to stick with and like i've raced all over and underwoods taught me a lot about that stuff and sitting there like okay an eight to twelve people don't want a red light they'll set a little bit tight, higher or whatever normally i just i might red light but i'm going to do the same thing i would did in the semis or the round before or whatever you know it just try to make it to where it's just like the last round. I double check stuff a little more is probably what I do the most. But if whatever I need to figure out, I got to figure it out because this year has been horrible. <laughs> Another, I think, interesting fact, and I, I don't know that you have necessarily an explanation for it. I'm not sure that I do. But is your home state, Florida, and the domination of Florida, for lack of a better term, of Florida racers at the million. It's impressive. To date, there have been... $22 million race winners. This is the 23rd annual million dollar race. Nine of those 22 are either from, or I'm giving you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here, like ties to Florida. Like of the nine, I'm giving you Ray Ray. Now lives in Tennessee. I'm giving you Underwood. I'm giving you Shane. But that doesn't include guys like Claude DeBonis, John Siegel, Jeff Keen, more recently Trey Bunner that have made a, a deep run in the million. I think it's impressive because number one, the million's never been contested in the state of Florida. 
I mean, I guess always somewhat in the area, but, and number two, there's really not a ton of Florida based racers who frequent the big dollar bracket scene. I know everybody takes pride in their territory, so to speak, but do you have any explanation for the, the Florida success at this particular event, the biggest stage that there is? Not any at all. I know it, it seems weird, but for it, mainly if you go to the earlier years, it's, it's been getting further apart now, but it was like every three or four years, somebody from Florida won or was in the final. And it, it, that happened for a long time. And we were like, Oh, it's three or four years. It's about time for somebody from Florida to win. It, it was no, no explanation. I know everybody's home tracks, home areas are the best ever. And I mean, I've traveled through all of them and I know some areas I feel like are tougher than others, but uh, I mean, we got our handful of excellent racers and of course it shows when we go to places like that, but we definitely have no explanation of why it's come out that Florida has made more finals probably than any other state. Well, just a ton of talent down there, obviously geographically where you're positioned, you know, it's all North to, to get to the better paying races and you don't have very quick access to those, but for anybody that that knows the landscape especially the area you're from there's a huge amount of talent down there and when they do get out whether they're on the bottom bulb or the top they show out really well gary you're the only driver to win the million twice we all know that although you've got guys that have made two finals uh, dave triplett jeff rooks uh, joel reynolds and Birdie obviously has won both millions, East and West Coast. That's a title you may never relinquish. You know, it might not be done again. But if you had to pick somebody that, that you think would join you, who is the next person to win their second million? I definitely have to say my brother. He's been driving really well this year. And, you know, he had a kidney stone that was kind of holding back for a little bit. They pulled that rock out of his gut. And he's been back on the tree and driving real well. <laughs> and uh, he really jumps up to the thing here he semi before and and twice now i believe since he's won so he's been knocking on the door but he's definitely probably the one i would say would get his second before most and uh i sure hope that i can do the three-peat and get ahead of all of them <laughs> wouldn't surprise us at all we'd love to have you on again next week to cheat it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all it definitely helped my bank account <clears throat> and my ego man this year is the uh, worst rate here. It reminds me of 04. I was doing horrible and couldn't win nothing. was like, man, I better get a job or something. And then uh, go home and, you know, come back and months later and win it. So I'm hoping I didn't go home anywhere or do anything. I was still running the cars around and doing that stuff. But uh, get back out there. And I really felt like I uh, finally started hitting the tree again and driving good since Bristol. So hopefully I can pull it together here and make this weekend pay off. I know like I said, all the people that come from Florida, even to watch this weekend, will probably have the most friends and family that I've ever had at one race out of state. Yeah, I'm sure to be a good time. So, Gary, let's have we we normally do rapid fire, but this is not your typical interview. So we wanna we wanna kind of go a different direction with you. We have some quick questions that that all of us, you, Luke, and myself, can weigh in on. So, this thing's been huge, obviously, the last several years. There's a lot of racing available to the bracket racer right now and some huge money out there. How does it affect uh, this week's race? How many entries do you feel like there will be in uh, Friday's 25K? That's been the really big one, by the way. Yeah, I really think that that one's going to hit over 600 again. Everybody you talk to is going. I mean, it's really, really unreal. And 
with the entry fees and the races that they're putting out there, the 25Ks are going to be big. And I'm not sure about the million. I don't know if everybody will still pony up and get into that. I'm sure it'll probably be the average in between two and 300 cars. And I think the biggest one ever was 320 something. I know in 07 was the biggest one was 325 is what it paid. And that was the largest payout. But I think it had right at 300 and something cars or whatever. But since then, it's always been in the 200s. All right. So for, I think when we went to the chase to the million, it was a little lower. Yeah. So you're calling over 600 in Friday's 25K. I've been telling everybody 575, but the more I look at Facebook, I feel like 611 is the number. So I'm with you there. Luke, what do you think? 611. Yeah, I was convinced up until two weeks ago that it, it's got to be down, which I say that every year. And it's specifically this season because there's so many options for big dollar bracket racing. But to your point, everybody I talk to, people that don't have never been, they're going. I, it's going to be huge. I, I guess I'll take the under, but um, 587 was my number, and I'll stick with that. But I, I don't feel good having the under. I don't think we'll be able yeah, to tell the difference. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you'll see cars here that you'll hear them like Florida, this car. And you're like, I've been racing in Florida my whole life. I haven't seen that car before. It'll be here at the million. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's definitely going to pull them out the woodworks. And it always has. I, I really think that once they go to this race too, and in the little after parties and the little extras that they do, it, it goes a long ways to the people having a good time and just coming there to hang out and letting everybody in all the spectators in free and all that stuff. It definitely helps a lot, you know? Yeah, so Luke Gary weighed in on his take or his guess on the the main event. Uh, I'm going 305 for the million itself. I still think it's going to be a a pretty good draw, and it's going to be roughly half the crowd. Yeah, we're all thinking pretty well along the same lines. I was the under on the 25s. I'll actually take the over on the million, but not by much. 310 is the number that I got in my head. Okay, so G-Dub... Take yourself out of the equation if you want to. If you don't, that's fine, too. Who wins the main event? Who wins the main event? I, I still got to say Troy. Troy's a very good pick. I am going to go with Brandon Taylor. I think BT's having a phenomenal year. Very familiar with Montgomery. And if I can't win it, I'm say he probably beats me in the final. <laughs> Luke? Yeah, I mean, you could... Make like 500 picks here and put any thought in this. Just give me the feel-good story of the year. I'll go with Tommy Plot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really good. And lastly, G-Dub, one other quote-unquote dark horse to make a splash. Somebody that either goes deep or just gets it done. Hmm. I'm not real sure if Gage Birch is entering, but that kid just knows how to turn the wind light on. Gage does know how to turn the wind light on. I'm sure if he wants somebody to, to help him get in, if he d- can't do it on his own, somebody will be more than willing to help around there. I don't know that he's a dark horse, but he hasn't traveled <laughs> out this way quite much uh, this year. But I'm going with Peeps. I think uh, not really a dark horse, but I, I think Peeps could come out and make a splash again. What a what a dark horse. Can I go with yeah. Johnny Zell, you guys ever heard of him? Is that his <laughs> I mean, that's right there with Peeps, right? Um, can't really take yeah. a former winner. This guy, Peeps never won it. That's Dark Horse. Yeah, right. Like a Nick Cole, Keith never won it either, but I wouldn't call him a Dark Horse. <laughs> right, right. I, the, and my Dark Horse is probably not a Dark Horse either, but I'm kind of I'm with Gary in terms of the just thinking of the young guys. 
And with what he's done this year, Corey Galletti wouldn't surprise anybody. But mm-hmm. I just have this feeling, and I'm not, I'm not picking him to win the million. I think he will make, continue to make some noise this weekend. I think that we'll hear from Corey Galletti in Montgomery. It wouldn't surprise me at all. He skipped uh, last weekend, not feeling well, went home, got some doctor's care. He's going to come out refreshed and ready to go. So it oh, wouldn't surprise Corey, anybody. Corey got him a Z-Pack. Look out. Yeah, <laughs> got the Z-Pack. <laughs> G-Dub, thanks a bunch, man. We appreciate you joining us, giving us uh, your take and, and some backstory to your successes at the Million. It's been great talking to you and be looking for you to, to be doing great things again this week in Montgomery. And we'll see you in a couple of days. Well, I sure appreciate it. And, you know, it takes a lot of people to get you there, but I, I'll be up there and have a good time and be hanging out with the rest of them. See if we can't do something, make some more history. I'll be excited to see you, G-Dub. I'll also be excited to see the, the Florida cheering section that you spoke of before. I know it's a big <laughs> race when I see Bobby Jester. Jester got a new job. I believe he's coming, but he's not making it until like Friday or Saturday. That's fine. Gonna, I don't, I I don't need him there until Saturday. Parent. I don't need him there till Saturday. If Aaron Vale goes, <laughs> goes any rounds, Anheuser Busch will like stock will go up. It's <laughs> it's probably been about ten years ago, and I know I've told you this story, Gary, but it's one of my favorites. I entered the Vega in the Million, and first round. It might even been before they they separated dragsters and cars, but I I ran a a dragster of some sort. And I won, and I go through the finish line. I look up, my wind light's on, and something catches my eye over in the the area on the on the short shoot road where everybody stands and spectates. And I just wheel over there, and I see Jester jumping up and down, and I can read his lips going, "I told y'all, mother." And I thought that's a dog. <laughs> oh, I thought we was about to have to dump you, Luke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a little explicit, and um, yeah, I'm sure the later it gets, the more his pick goes. I mean, of course, last year he had the uh, Polk County Fan Club over there with um, Bunner going all the rounds. That's his small tire Camaro from Polk County. That's right in his neck of the woods. So, yeah, he was yeah, I a happy camper. Good time, sure to be had by all. Gary, again, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate you taking some time. Enjoy the time with family before you get on the road. And we'll see you at the 23rd Mickey Thompson Million Dollar Drag Race. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk next week. All right, bud. See you. He's on fire. It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. BTE staff is selected directly from the racing community. From sales to manufacturing, each member of their staff is a performance enthusiast. While multiple world championships have been won and number one qualifiers have been had, they offer expert professional technical advice for your racing operation. See our staff directory. Our commitment to your success is part of our own. Luke, this week, a little different direction. Um, It's not, you know, people winning... Uh, 100,000, 50,000, any of that stuff. It was a uh, smaller events, but really, really strong performance by this week's BTE Who's Hot Performer. And that's Zach Jernigan. Zach went to Emerald Coast, which is down in the panhandle of Florida. Again, thoughts and prayers out to everybody affected by Hurricane Michael, by the way. That was uh, quite devastating down in there. But prior to that, down in Pensacola, where Emerald Coast Dragway is, uh, Zach Jernigan won two 5Ks down there, back-to-back wins in 5K events. 
last weekend, then picked up a 3K win at Atmore Dragway down in the southern part of Alabama this past weekend. Very talented young man. Uh, Usually comes to the million, usually makes a lot of noise in this part of the country, and this is nothing short of his typical winning ways. Zach Jernigan with some big, big performances over the past seven or eight days. Yeah, no doubt. To your point, it's um, it's not two fifty granders in a weekend. It's not two twenty granders. But in this day and age, it's difficult to win everywhere for a thousand dollars to win. And you start elevating the purses, you're talking about winning two five granders and a three thousand dollar win event within what uh, seven days. That's yeah. really impressive and worthy of this week's BTE Who's Hot. So congrats to Zach Jernigan on that. And Big Jed, as you know, we got a little birdie hanging out on the other end of the line here. It's our man Chance Likens from BTE to tell us what's new in the Big Blue Building. What's up, Chance? What's up, guys? So before we get started, can we point out what Zach Jernigan will be driving at the million? Because I need to know, honestly. It'll be a blue Chevy 2, about a 63-64 model, and um, really, really nice, clean car. Yeah, but really, Chance, let's let's forget about what he's driving, because it really mm-hmm. doesn't seem to matter what your opponent is driving, <laughs> based on right. what I've seen on Facebook lately. They're laying down hero laps. Yeah, I mean, public, public service announcement, if you want to have your best run of the weekend, or in some cases, maybe your best run of the season, <laughs> just pull into the staging lanes beside Chance. It seems to be all it takes lately. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, guys. Non-pack will not get it done for me. Yeah, you had a rough outing there. Your opponents were, were geared up and ready. But Chance, it's because they knew you had excellent BTE equipment and your car was going to run the number because you got yeah. great parts and components. So they had to throw their best at you, and they did. But um, okay. I'm assuming, obviously, uh, you talked off air, so I'm not assuming. I know. You're going to be headed uh, to Montgomery here pretty soon yourself. Mm-hmm. After I paint the Volkswagen primer, so nobody <laughs> recognizes it, I'm going to be headed out there Tuesday and tomorrow night. Oh, good. You'll, uh, mm-hmm. you'll have the BT van. I, I've seen your Facebook post. I know you're looking to stock more parts for the racers, trying to make okay. sure that the BT support van has everything anybody could need. We know it's an impossible task. But you right. guys are trying really hard to make sure you give the racers all the support you can give them. Right. And it's, it's really kind of getting under my skin when guys come up and ask us for any kind of part. And we're actually turning them away because we don't have this part. So kind of reached out to the racers on Facebook and uh, see what we could come up with. Got with uh, Andy at Huntsville Engine to stock some motor parts. So that will be coming up next, um, for sure in the next year, but uh, possibly in the next month. So we're going to be stocking uh, tire gauges, 16-volt batteries, uh, you know, just the works, whatever we can uh, figure out we need for the guys that uh, attend these big money tracker races. Uh, we're going to see what we can do for them. So, yeah, let's be honest. That stuff is hard to find at anybody's trailer or display, you know, the rocker arms, the valve springs, any of those hard parts that are, are difficult to locate. But I see you reaching out. Um, obviously you've got support of the higher ups at BTE to, to go out and do that research, put those parts on the van and try to be everything you can possibly be for the racers, not just 
super high quality transmissions, torque converters, and the parts within those, but uh, also the motor parts and other things you're trying to do. So, you know, everybody needs to make sure they look at the BTE van when uh, they're having some troubles at the racetrack. Maybe you'll have what they're looking for. Right. And it was, it was, it's been like um, real comforting from uh, Brandon and the guys who are um, just on board with everything that I go with. And if uh, we come back and we're, we got a list, we always have a list of stuff that people ask for that we didn't have. So me and Winslow, we're on top of things as much as we can be. And when uh, we come back, we're like, Brandon, can we start stocking this stuff? Uh, he's on board with everything that we think we need on the van. So it's really comforting when he's, uh, he's on board as he is. Awesome. You guys got anything, uh, any specials or anything coming up that you're going to be offering at the million? I hate to put you on the spot like that, but. No, we are. We are. Um, we're offering $500 off all top direction, top, tra- uh, top sportsman transmissions. Uh, we only carry two usually. So uh, if you're there, get on it and uh, we'll get you one of these. Awesome. Well, hopefully when somebody's in need of that stuff, uh, they'll look to you guys and try to get that support from you. And um, we appreciate all you guys do because you put the miles on this year, man. You Your schedule has been very, very busy and you have burned the fuel card up quite a bit. But, you know, we're just now getting into some real high quality racing left to wrap the year up. What's, uh, what's your schedule outside of going to the million tomorrow? Besides the million, uh, tomorrow we're going to head to Holly Springs the week after, which is uh, 30 minutes down the road to the Southern Foot Brake Challenge. Uh, Jed, you know about that, right? Uh, yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with the Southern Foot Brake Challenge. Uh, this is the sixth okay. one of those, and looking forward to that next week. That's going to be a good time, and we're very appreciative of having uh, BT always in support of us and, and the racers that travel in to race with us. Um yeah, but that's just a couple of weeks here. I know you probably got more planned. Where you where you going after I, that? I do, sir. Um, Georgia for the SFG uh, races. They got um, first start of November. Then we're gonna head over to take a week off, and then we're gonna probably be in Florida for a foot brake race. I'm gonna let my boy Cody Barnhart wheel the Volkswagen again, and see if he can pick up another big W for me. Not uh, a bad really call. Like yeah, that dude. I like when that dude drives my stuff. Really good. So, Chance, when I you like signed that. on, you, man, you've had, you've been really uh, in everybody's line of sight this year at the racetrack with the, that beautiful BTE van. When you mm-hmm. signed on at BTE and you were sweating back there in the back, did you ever really even dream that it would lead you to what you're doing right now for the folks at BT and Memphis Performance? It was a goal, but it was not in my line of sight. Um, I started out as a shipper, just shipping uh, parts for BTE, and six months later, they gave me the opportunity to rise up above uh, what I thought I was capable of, and uh, Brian Robinson really helped me out with uh, learning what I need to know and converters, transmissions, and I still got a few things to learn, so I'm I'm always up for a challenge to know how to build a transmission a little bit better or anything like that, so anybody got tips for me? shoot my way well i'm out on that i don't really know much about <laughs> transmissions but i know who to get to build them that's bte right. chance we appreciate you taking some time you're at the japanese uh, sushi house right now you're enjoying some sushi so get that down keep it down and we mm. look forward to seeing you at the million dollar drag race here in a, a day or two and um, 
everybody needs to look to the BTE van. You'd be surprised at what they got to offer you. I hate to, uh, I hate to interrupt, but I will. Um, <laughs> you're, uh, <laughs> you like that? Did, did you're at it. the Japanese restaurant. So that means that this version of uh, Inside the Blue Building with Chance is not coming to us from atop a motorhome somewhere in Mississippi. No. It's uh, in a Fuji Cafe. Fuji and Cafe. I'm going to end up bringing Big Jet a hurricane roll. He doesn't like it. It might be a day or two old, but he's Because <laughs> we don't waste food in this city. No, not here either, son. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I got you. Two-day-old hurricane roll coming at you, Jed. There's something to look forward to. There's a reason to go to Montgomery. They got everything no. on the BT van, even a two-day-old hurricane <laughs> roll. <laughs> no matter what you cold, want. Do you keep it cold or do you keep it hot? I, I got to know. So That's cooked. I mean, I got to cool it. Yeah. That is cooked, so you keep that hot. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, no, no, hot. Tower. Hot. It sounds nasty when it's hot, though. Soggy, maybe? Ugh. Let's no, get back crunchy. on racing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've gotten off path. But nonetheless, Chance, thanks again for uh, taking some time to join us and tell us a little bit about what you guys got going on and your specials at the racetrack that everybody needs to be aware of. Go to the BT van when you get to the track, guys. No matter where you are, Chance is probably going to be there if it's a high-profile event. And uh, you and Winslow supporting us big time. We thank you for some time tonight and look forward to seeing you in a day or two, bud. See you, boys, at the million. See ya. All right, Luke. So let's talk some race results now. Uh, obviously, I think everybody knows the NHRA Carolina Nationals were held at Charlotte over the weekend. I had a little challenge or two there, but it seemed like all in all it was a good event. Superstock was a couple of Northeasterners, Herbie Knoll coming down, getting a win over Joe Lisa. Those guys probably squared up with one another a time or two over the years. And Herbie and Joe both been doing it a long time. Good to see them making the final round. Terry Taylor gets the win in stock over Anthony Fetch. Fetch been really hot lately. Uh, I think a couple of runner-ups here in the last few weeks, but uh, really doing well as always. Yeah, and Fetch so- threatened to double there. He was in the not only runner-up in stock eliminator, was also in the semifinals of Super Comp in Wife Heather's Dragster, I would assume. Oh. Looked like Fetch had problems in the final of Stock Eliminator. The description on Drag Race Central said he blew the tires off. Meanwhile, his opponent, Terry Taylor, was perfect on the trees, so might have been a handful anyway. Yeah, those are hard to handle. Uh, in Super Comp, the final round had Corey Manuel uh, getting a win. Corey, a local guy there from the area, getting a win over the always tough Tom Staba. So Super Comp was uh, a couple of guys that know their way to the winner's circle. Yeah, uh, I may misspeak here, but I think that that's Corey's first NHRA national event win. He's been a regular fixture in the winter circle at big dollar bracket events, certainly IHRA races over the years. But I think that's his first NHRA Wally. And he actually flirted with a double up pretty late as well. I think he went four or five rounds in super gas in addition to winning super comp. So congrats to Corey. Along his way to winning the Super Comp Wally, Corey Manuel dispatched of my guy, Chris Gerritsen, in round three. That round three loss actually uh, extended Chris Gerritsen's national points lead by a single round. He was improving a second round loss. This was his last national event at which to gain points. So he tacked on another 10 or 11 points. His lead now stretches to 22 points over Don Nichols. 
Garretson has one race remaining, I assume. Actually, I know because I'm a card-carrying member of the Chris Garretson fan club, and we message back and forth. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> I know that he's in the area staying for Rockingham this weekend. That will be his last division. It will be his last opportunity to gain points. I would say, looking at the top ten, and I think I've said this for the last month, Don Nichols still has the best shot to overtake Garretson to win this deal. But Rockingham has the potential to flip things upside down. There are two divisional events this weekend, Division 2 in Rockingham, Division 3 in St. Louis. I know that Chris Garretson's in Rockingham. I would assume that Mike Robilato will get his last claim in Rockingham. I have this in my notes. Both of the Millers, Ray Ray and his father, Ray, have one divisional event left to claim. It wouldn't shock me if they were at Rockingham. It also wouldn't shock me if they were in St. Louis. And it really wouldn't surprise me if they're at the Million Dollar Race, which would mean that they would go to Noble next week. And they've been to Noble on several occasions. So don't know where they'll end up, but they each have one race to claim, and they're each very much in the mix. Chris Gerritsen right now, 580 points in the lead by two and a half rounds currently. I don't think that that'll hold up. But if we're saying what Luke thinks, I didn't think that a little-known racer from Delaware that is pushing 70 with a 20-year-old dragster in a top-end throttle stop, would be leading the world championship points in October. <laughs> so who knows? 580 may hold up. I have, Big Jed, I, I know you see this because I have some bullet points, some notes on here. I have another Chris <laughs> Garretson-related Division One rant. But as I mentioned in the intro, we're up against kind of a hard out today. And I don't need to go on a 20-minute tangent of just me versus D1. So I'll probably save it for next week. But I just hope in saying that, that, my man Chris extends this lead, or at the very least, is still leading at the end of next week so that my said rant is relevant. So go, Chris. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that will happen and those two can uh, reunite your rant and Chris's points lead. Uh, Luke, in the super gas category, Joe Fisher gets the win over Phil Smida. A couple of guys coming south as well. Find some warmer weather to race in. Joe getting the super gas win there. That was a, a big deal for him. Mr. Fisher, friend of the podcast. Mr. Fisher is racing RVs. That's his second national event win in a second different category. Got the win in Atlanta last season in Top Dragster. That's his new, what is that, a ZR1? What do they call that new body style Corvette? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the, the body style, but it is a new Corvette, and it is phenomenal. Yeah, new Charlie Stewart race car. Very, very sharp-looking car, and obviously getting that thing lined out. C7, C7. I don't know where I come up with the Z1. Thanks, Producer Mark. Thanks, Producer Mark. C7 Corvette for Joe Fisher. Story from Supergas as it pertains to national points. Ray Sawyer went to to, uh, Charlotte for his last national event at which he could earn points. Failed to improve. I think that Ray went down in round two. That did not help his chances. He has one divisional event left to claim. Again, would assume that that would be Rockingham this weekend. He's got to get really deep in that race to overtake Devin Eisenhower atop the Supergas leaderboard. Jim Perry also failed to improve at Charlotte. He was the only other, I believe, title contender in the field there. And if I'm not mistaken, my calculator... My pencil is not super sharp, but I think that that eliminates Jim Perry from title contention. Still a lot of movement to come in Super Gas. Tim Nicholson will take his shot. Ray Sawyer will get his shot. When we get to Vegas, Aaron Kennard will have his shot. Some others in the mix. We'll be sure to keep you guys updated. But that's all that happened at Charlotte as it pertains to national points. And 
in top sportsman. Speaking of points, uh, Ronnie Proctor got the win there over Jackie Robinson. Proctor with his national event win, but there was a clutch performance there in that category, Luke. Yeah, this was big. This was as clutch as it gets. This was for the NHRA Sportsman Championship title chases. This was absolutely the story from Charlotte. We came into the event for the last several weeks. We've been talking about J.R. Loebner and trying to chase down Doug Krumlich. And we'd mentioned there was a couple other racers with a shot. Okay, Ronnie Proctor was one of those racers. Coming into the event, Doug Crumlich, West Coast racer, leading the national points, again, coming into the weekend with 570 points and one divisional event remaining. J.R. Loebner, for a third consecutive week, he had the opportunity at Great Bend, we talked about it on the show, staged up for the round that if he wins it, he takes the national points lead, was unable to do it. Had the opportunity at Dallas, staged up for the round, if he wins it, he takes the national points lead, he's unable to do it. For the third consecutive week, he got that opportunity at Charlotte when he staged up for round two. This time around, he capitalized, saw that round two win light, vaulted him into the points lead ahead of Doug Crumlich. Unfortunately for JR, he ran into the buzzsaw that is Dylan Stott potentially the the hottest racer in the top sportsman category the next round jr was unable to advance and as this ends up that second round win vaulted jr to the lead and that lead lasted less than 24 hours ronnie proctor had to win the event to take over the points lead and he did just that he is now your leader proctor 589 loebner 575 Crumlich 570. Again, it's basically 10 points per round in NHRA, so that's Proctor with a round and a half lead essentially over both Loebner and Crumlich. Each of the three have one divisional event remaining. And what's interesting about this is that I assume that they will all be at different divisional events. I would Proctor's an East Coast guy, so it would uh, stand to reason that his last div- divisional event will come at Rockingham this weekend. Loebner, I would assume is back home in Kansas and will go to Noble next weekend. And then, of course, you got Crumlich out west, whose last divisional event will be at Vegas. So it's they're basically all improving the same thing, either second or third round losses. It's going to be whoever goes the farthest at their last event. And with Proctor uh, presumably running Rockingham and coming out of the gates first, even with a win there, he couldn't put it out of reach. I think he could mathematically eliminate Loebner, if he were to win the event, but keep in mind the divergent fields for the top sportsman category at Vegas, that's going to be a 48 car. It might even be a 64 car field at Vegas. It's either way, it's seven rounds. So there's more points on the table. Even if Proctor were to win Rockingham, it wouldn't technically be over. Kremlich would have a chance to overtake him with a win at Vegas. So no matter what, when we get to Vegas, I think no matter what happens between now and then, Doug Kremlich will basically control his own destiny and have an opportunity to steal the championship or regain the points lead, take the championship in Las Vegas at that season-ending divisional event. Wow, what a breakdown. No other Sportsman Drag Racing podcast offers a breakdown like that, Luke. That was excellent, excellent work. I feel like I even know what's going on. You know how simple-minded I am. How about the top dragster category? where Anthony Bertozzi got the win over J.B. Strasweg. And that was an emotional, really good feel story that Anthony had winning that final round. No doubt, no doubt. A.B., the final in general, 603 for the win, 609 for the lose. 
from JB. Like, and they they dialed him in. Like, that's not just a heads up. They, they they're just both bracket racing at six O's because it's what they do. <laughs> and it was a, it wasn't even a full field. There's 28 cars. Like, you don't have to go six O's, guys. But that's what we do. Vertozzi from the pole to the winner's circle. I think he qualified at 601, took the one spot, um, saw a little advantage potentially on the ladder there. I think it got him the buy at seven. That's Bertozzi for you, playing all the angles. Gets the win in the final over J.B. Strasswig. And as you mentioned, Big Jed, the post-race interview with Joe Costello, typical Bertozzi, class dude. And he, and he shouted out one of our close friends who's obviously in the midst of a tough time right now, Big Jed. Yeah, obviously, uh, big nasty cow cycle having uh, some medical challenges. Um, happy to report that uh, the procedure went pretty well and easy for me to say. And Kyle's spirits are pretty good right now. So we're all got Kyle in our thoughts and prayers and, and hoping for a speedy and great recovery there from him. But Anthony shouted out to Kyle, just basically dedicated the win to him. Uh, they're very good friends, known each other quite some time. But in the midst of all that's going on and, and that winter circle celebration happening really fast, Anthony made sure that he took the time to give Kyle a shout out out on the West Coast and, and let him know that that win was dedicated to him and that, uh, you know, we're all pulling for him, Anthony included. Yeah, no doubt. And if, again, if you know Anthony Bertozzi, you expect nothing less uh, definition of class. AB is Team Luke in Top Dragster. This win didn't help him. He's not going to win the Top Dragster National Championship. I think that's been decided essentially for months, although it's not yet official. And I haven't wanted to admit it because that scores one for Team Jake. <laughs> but the Top Dragster World Champion is going to be Paul Nero. Uh, we've known that really for months. It's uh, over. It's over. Nonetheless, back-to-back national event wins for Anthony Bertozzi. He did win super stock at Reading a few weeks ago. Now top dragster at Charlotte. And he is absolutely still in the fight for the super stock national championship, which will be determined at his last divisional event. These titles, Big Jed, you know, I, I give this sportsman breakdown seemingly every episode. You seem to love it, as well as the, the half dozen that I've spoken to before that, that love the breakdown. <laughs> but it's very interesting to me in that, with the exception, again, of Paul Nero and Top Dragster, it appears that all of these titles will be decided in Vegas or potentially even Pomona at the very last races of the year. And I guess technically that almost always happens. You know, like it's not yes. really mathematically done typically until Vegas. But this year as we head into it in Every class with top dragster, super comp, stock, super stock, top sportsman, super gas. I can't remember a single season where every single category would come down to the wire like this, and nobody has like any clear cut, definite. This is the favorite, or this guy's going to win. Maybe Devin Eisenhower in super gas, but he's just waiting to see if anybody overtakes him. In stock, like it's probably Lamb or McClanahan at this point. And Lamb has to go so deep. I think he has to semi or final at Vegas, but that's what he does at just about every stock eliminator race, so you can't count him out. Superstock has four or five guys that could win it. Supercomp probably has 10 that could win right now. Top sports, when we just talked about as a three-way battle, it's more, seemingly more parity, more wide open than any year in recent history. So it will be really, really fun to watch these last couple of divisional events. And then as the NHRA tour heads to Vegas and Pomona, as we settle this and Jed, I think I've got to close this segment as we talk about Charlotte, because we've been pretty vocal 
the last couple of episodes in, I don't want to say bashing, but we've been critical. I've been critical of NHRA and the way that they handled. It sounds like they deserved it for the most part, the way that things were handled in St. Louis and Dallas. Yep. I haven't really talked to anybody that said NHRA, that, that the Charlotte experience was amazing, but I haven't heard any negativity. So kudos to NHRA for getting the ship righted, for taking care of the sportsman guys, uh, at least back to the level that we're accustomed to, and for running a nice, clean race in Charlotte, overcoming a couple weather obstacles, getting everything in, and uh, from what I understand, having much better communication with the sportsman racers. So I'm always critical. I want to give them a little pat on the bat when things go well, go well as well. Yeah, good call there. Well done by NHRA getting that right in Charlotte. So, Luke, let's uh, move into some uh, bracket racing where uh, I attended one day of the million-dollar warm-up race at Huntsville Dragway. Hold on. I just came up with this awesome segue. Let's put on our best Tim Nicholson hat and shift gears (laughs) over to the bracket ranks. Uh, I'll let you take it from there. That would have been so good if I just let you do it. It's what I'm Um, here for. So, got there uh, Friday night, and I got there just in time to watch Dave Angeli take his beautiful roadster to a final round win over Tevin Pullum in the dragster. Uh, Dave, a guy from your area, has raced uh, all probably every one of the Jake Summerdor car shootout races and uh, races in that area quite a bit. And he's had a really good year, Luke. He has. He's had a really good year just at Huntsville, much less what he's done around here. Yeah. So Dave, back to his winning ways, uh, as always. They had 32-car shootout there where Tyler Horner got the win over Rusty Ashmore. A couple of heavy hitters there. And on Saturday, the 10K, uh, Luke, we did call-outs at 11. I actually made it to six cars on Saturday, my only day of racing. And, uh, Who'd bones, you call out? Bones and Andy. I, I, I didn't call anyone out. I, I, I had the opportunity to call someone out. I just called out a seed. They told me the eight, nine, and 11 seeds were left. Didn't know who was who. I just said, I'll take seed number eight. And I got by there. And then I got called out at six by Corey Costin, a guy from uh, down here in my part of the country. And uh, Corey uh, got the best of me as he called me out. And it worked out to his favor. Good call, Corey. I was fourth out red and uh, exited stage right and come on back to the house to get everything ready on Sunday for the million. But okay, Tyler, okay, hold on. Yes. So, so this guy calls you out. And just to, for, for listeners unfamiliar, like the way that this works is how? Because we well, have, the, you're this seated, is unique. Yeah. Right. You're, the round of the call outs, you're seated by reaction time. And the higher seeds, they start at number one. Number one gets to call out anybody outside of the by car, anybody on the list, and then number two, number three. Sometimes your higher seeds will call out someone in the top half of the ladder, which is what happened. I was actually the number six seed, so I would not have gotten to call someone out, but uh, someone called out a racer in the higher side of the ladder, so that left me getting to call someone out, and I did. Then obviously come back around, same scenario plays out. Everyone's seated, and Corey called me out, which was a very good call on his part. And uh, Tyler Horner, I don't know if he was calling out or getting called out, but he really didn't care as he got his second win of the weekend. This one, a $10,000 payday over Kurt Harvey. Kurt out from Texas getting ready for the million. So those guys had a nice final round battle there with Tyler getting his second win of the weekend. And then on Sunday, stop me if you've heard this before, but that 10K 
was Johnny Bracket Racer, Johnny Ezel, getting the win over another young gun, Blake Richardson. B. Rich going to a final round there, coming up a little short to Johnny as they wrapped up the million-dollar warm-up. Really good car count, Luke, about 250-ish, some heavy, heavy hitters, some great talent in the field. It was a really good event, and TT and Angie and Bones and Andy and everybody at Huntsville Dragway just did a really, really good job of running cars through and keeping that track up, ready for everybody to compete at a high level. Hashtag cheaters win. Was that the T-shirt? Did you see that? I did see that. Was it was it winners cheat or cheaters win? Something like that. I think winners cheat is what it said, if I remember correctly. But now you got me questioning it. Uh, okay. Got well, far far be it from Johnny Bracket Racer to stir anything up. How about no, it wouldn't stir the pot? <laughs> no, Never. Big J. Okay. Now I'm. I got to admit, I'm I'm very intrigued by this call-out scenario, so I want to revisit it. because A, because I know that you're not very comfortable with it, because we've talked about that before. And just the way that you talk about it, I can tell that you're not very comfortable with it. I love this format. Now, keep in mind, I can love it because I've never been a part of it. <laughs> so let's revisit this thing at six. This Corey Costin calls you out, right? Yes. Yes, he did. Okay. And then you turn it forth out red. Yes. Okay. Is there any correlation there? Is there any that little called me out and I'm about to just weld it? I mean, subconsciously, well, maybe? Well, you know, that's a really good yeah. question. Uh, subconsciously, it might have been the case because let's back up the four rounds previous to that negative four. I was four, four, put two thousand was twenty two and twenty three. Mm. which did not position me very well in the call-out rounds. So I go back up there. By George, I'm not going to be 20 again, Corey. You, I, I told Bones, I said, I told Corey this, so it ain't saying nothing. I didn't tell him. I said, call me out. You're about to get exactly what you asked for. And uh, I rolled up there, pulled my tooth out back out. Why you pull tooth out after you've been 20-something and fours? I don't know. But I did pull tooth out and went fourth out red. So I was probably a little amped up. I mean, yeah, you get called out. Basically, that's the guy saying, you know, out of the people I can pick, I think I can beat that guy right there. And I was definitely going to prove him wrong. So the call out does have an impact. There's no doubt in my mind it has an impact on how you go up there and approach the the your strategy on the starting line and down track. In your defense, I understand the logic. I mean, you make that 23 or 21. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to be too thought better? Well, 21 is my number. I don't know if you know my game, but if, when I'm 21, I don't lose. Uh, I was 21 in the final at your race. So, no, I wasn't. I was 21 around before that, I think. But anyway, I'm trying to be 21 because when okay. I'm 21, I win. And I you know, just be 21 here. And you actually, no offense to Corey, but 21 probably would have done it. But mm. I was not 21. I was negative four, and that did not do it. So, nonetheless. You're 21. You're 21 is the opposite of my 11. I don't win 11. Like, no matter what. Not, not to say that, they, like, 11 is bad for me. Like, I can win 13. I could probably win 21. Um, I don't <laughs> win 11. 11 is a bad number. I don't need to talk about this much. I mean, we obviously got other things to talk about on the show, but I'm I'm letting into a lot of things that's going on in my head right now. I'm trying to be an odd number. I have odd numbers in my box. I'm I try to dial an odd number, but I can't always. But I'm trying to be an odd number on reaction time. When I'm an odd number, things fall my way for the most part. Oh, I'm 
I'm absolutely an odd number in the box guy. For whatever reason, I can look down at zero. That doesn't bother me. But two, four, six, eight, no. I, I can't do it. Now, I've never actually, <laughs> I've never translated it into dial-ins. I don't know why. I, 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 it doesn't phase me to dial anything, but you're just odd all the way around. And to the point, like you're disappointed when you see an even number on the time slip. Yes, I do not like to see an even number on the time slip. Don't even want to be triple O or any of that. I want to be double O one if I'm anything. But um, when I'm turning the volume up on something, it's got to be an odd number. It's really, really weird. Um, <laughs> I can't explain it. But sometimes it works for me and sometimes it doesn't, case in point. So, Luke, let's forget about my, uh, what would that be, an idiosyncrasy? Is that what that? Sounds uh, good. Yeah, I, I, I think I heard that word put in that context before. But anyway, Capital Raceway had a uh, 10K top ET race. I just, I just wanted to challenge you to transition into that. So there you <laughs> yeah, go. Wasn't a very good transition, but I did it. Uh, anyway, Capital Raceway had that 10K top ET race. And John Douglas Jr. got that win there, a nice big 10K win. I imagine they're just about done up in that part of the country with the cool air rolling in. So nice way to wrap up his season there for John Douglas Jr. And I think Capital Raceway took um they took a little bit of heat from maybe us and others over some decisions in the last 12 months but i believe these guys have had a really really good year and made some great calls so great job capital raceway for providing your area racers with an awesome place to race it and some great purses so luke we uh we need to pay some bills so let's get that done and then let's come back and tell everybody what's on tap sounds like a plan I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Are you building your next race engine yourself or possibly just performing a freshen up? Are you looking for a performance machine shop that you can trust? Look no further than Siebert Performance. Ship your parts to Siebert Performance where Luke Siebert and his staff of highly trained employees can machine and prep blocks, heads, rotating assemblies, intake manifolds, and more to assist you in your engine build. Siebert Performance is also a direct dealer for industry-leading companies and can help you get the best price possible on parts. Check them out on Facebook or call 785-286-6813. In addition, we want to introduce or reintroduce the new date for the 10th annual Mosier Engineering $50,000 to win Great American Bracket Race and the second annual Scoggin Dickey Performance Race Shop All-State Challenge. November 16th through the 18th is the date it's going to happen at Memphis International Raceway in Memphis, Tennessee. With the rescheduled date, event changes include the All-State Challenge now begins on Friday. We've condensed this to a three-day event. $5,000 to win no-box slash foot brake classes added both Saturday and Sunday. 
And, of course, the Great American Bracket Race will still host the $10,000 to win, $50,000 to win, $10,000 to win Friday, Saturday, Sunday format that you're familiar with, in addition to the American Race Cars Dragster Shootout. Be there, Memphis International Raceway, November 16th through the 18th. Hearing them go on and on, so you can prove them all wrong. Only thing that matters is who turns the big enough. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! So, Luke, uh, a lot of racing on tap, as per usual, as you would say. Uh, Halloween Classic is this weekend. That's at uh, Norwalk at Summit Motorsports Park. Um, not really the biggest paydays available, but wow, what a cool race. Yeah, one of, if not the biggest and most well-attended races year after year on the sportsman circuit. I know that there has been times that that race has boosted over a thousand entries. I'm not sure that it's been that in recent years, but it will. Uh, what's amazing about this weekend is that we've already discussed with Gary Williams that we expect 600-ish, maybe 600-plus entries at the Million Dollar Race. There will be 600-plus entries at Norwalk as well. You wouldn't think that there was enough entries to go around, but there are other races going on that will have literally hundreds of sportsman drag racers. This segment of our sport in this day and age, alive and well, and this weekend is as good a, a picture and description of that as any. Yeah, and a lot of times they're doing that in sub-45 degree temperatures, so it uh, gets a little interesting, but they manage it very well and always seem to, to get it completed. So that's uh, sure to be a big thing to talk about in the upcoming show. Do they Obviously. still kick that thing off? Producer Mark, feel free to, to, to pipe in here. Do they still kick off the Halloween Classic with a motorhome race? Because I've never seen that anywhere. It sounds like the coolest thing in the world. I think they have the motorhome race during the... Uh, that's during the week. They they kick it off this, <laughs> this past weekend. It kicked off with like the the classic warm up. I think it was on Saturday or Sunday, and then a lot of those racers will just stay all week. <laughs> I've forgotten about the motorhome race. How cool is that? Fantastic. Speaking of a thousand cars, the million is at Montgomery Raceway Park in Montgomery, Alabama. This week, you might have heard us talking about it about half of the show. But uh, expecting another big crowd, you know, this thing, these 25 granders on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday have been 600-plus cars the last couple of years, looking for it to be all in that neighborhood again, and the million itself is uh, quite a show, as everyone already knows. So we uh, definitely will be talking about that quite a bit in episode 100, uh, the IHRA Summit Super Series World Finals. This is what... All the IHRA members have been competing for and fighting for all year long. That will be at Memphis International Raceway, Luke. And uh, its uh, it's got a lot of talent in it as well. And uh, sure to uh, be interesting to, for us to discuss next week. Yeah, I guess this takes a little bit different format than in years past. This is the marquee event marquee event on the IHRA schedule, and it is the World Championship runoff for the Summit Super Series. Uh, this year, a little bit different in the past in that we don't have the World Championship runoffs in the other sportsman categories because IHRA's done away with that series, but still, the, the Summit Super Series runoffs, what a neat atmosphere 
to gather all of those representatives from individual tracks and divisions across the country in one place for one race to run off for all the marbles. I've never been a part of that. I don't even think I've ever been on hand for that event, but that's got to be an electric atmosphere. Just, what is it, Jed, from Memphis to Montgomery, five hours away? Yeah, I'd say five and a half another hugely electric atmosphere and to that end i think this is a shame and i've said this before on the podcast because i think these events have been on the same weekend for the last three four five years why can't we spread these out just i now know that there is probably a small percentage of racers that are committed to the ihr summit super series world finals that would entertain going to the million dollar race but I hate that those racers have to choose between the two because they're two huge races, assuming that you have the opportunity to compete at Memphis um, and you were wanting to go to Montgomery. Um, that's a tough decision to choose between. And obviously, uh, Randy's not hurting for cars. They're going to have 600 plus. Like mm. They're not concerned about that dozen cars. They probably welcome losing a handful of cars to another competing event. I would love to see these spread out just for those handful of racers not to have to pick between the two. Yeah, likewise. Uh, who knows if that'll happen or not, but uh, either way, everybody will uh, have a lot of good racing at uh, a lot of good racing opportunities this coming weekend. Uh, and on the NHRA side, Division Three Lucas Oil event at Gateway Motorsports Park there in St. Louis, as we talked about. There's uh, going to be some racers competing for their opportunity to get in position to win a world championship so that will be interesting to talk about and the nhra division two final lucas oil event is at rockingham dragway in rockingham north carolina again points implications from some of those participants as well so i'm sure we'll get a lot to talk about in episode 100 luke unbelievable triple digits (laughs) Um, Yeah, episode 100 on tap. We've debated internally, and um, I think Mark's put a couple of posts up on Facebook as to what we're going to do. I feel like we should do something special next week for episode 100. But we had talked about that before we really um, had a plan and looked at a calendar. Let's be real, okay? Next week is going to follow the Million Dollar Drag Race. Uh, Assuming that it's not Johnny Ezell or someone else that doesn't like to talk. Um, and doesn't want to come on the show with us. We plan to have the winner of the Million Dollar Race on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast next week. We're probably not going to have a ton of time to wax sentimental on episode 100. Um, we might talk about some of our favorite moments, but nothing crazy. Maybe maybe in the future, Big Jed, we dedicate a show in the off-season, say, to us hitting the century mark with this show. So with that in mind, let us know. What do you guys want to hear? Uh, maybe your favorite interview, best story, best rant, uh, if you would, from uh, these first 199 now episodes of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Let us know. We'll fit something in, but don't expect anything too grandiose next week. Yeah, uh, there's a post out there. Producer Mark's got that out, and then there's already been some response. So you guys keep chiming in. Let us know what you want to hear. But uh, just really excited about making it to 100. Really had no idea where this was going to go in episode Chad, I'm still zero. I'm still excited we made it to three. Much less 100. <laughs> yeah, episode triple zero is a long time ago, and uh, it's been a lot of fun these last many many months discussing sportsman drag racing with all of you this particular show though is wrapping up this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast is coming to a close definitely want to thank 
Chance Likens and Gary G. Dub Williams for joining us. It was great having those guys on the show. Um, our sponsors have been huge for us again this week. The fine folks at BTE, Siebert Performance, and the Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. want to thank those guys for supporting the show as well. And, uh, Luke, it's uh, just a touch on the light side, but some really good shout-outs you got this week. Yeah, a little bit shorter show, so I didn't have two hours to make notes uh, as we went. But I will shout-out our man, Big Nasty, Kyle Seipel. I imagine you're out there listening. Um, we're thinking about you, buddy. Glad to hear that everything went well on sur- on your surgery. Um, wishing you nothing but the best. And, of course, shout-out to uh, Anthony for recognizing you on the big stage as well. Shout-out to my boy, KB. That's the real Kevin Brandon for saving me a spot in Montgomery. Uh, don't get in a fight over it, KB, uh, unless you have to. I mean, I want my spot. So you've got to fight. Whatever fight. Appreciate it. Um, I'll see you there in a few days. Shout out to the aforementioned Bobby Jester and all of the crew coming up from Florida to spectate at the Million. Shout out to Polk County and the Polk County Flyers or whatever it was Gary called them that Bobby was rooting on ever so uh, vocally. Shout out, Big Jed, to the idiosyncrasy. <laughs> and really, like, shout out to you because I'm, I got to admit, I'm duly impressed. Usually I'm the one on the podcast that throws out words that I, I in reality, have no idea what they mean. And I hope that they fit into a sentence. And I really and truly, I just hope that nobody's smart enough to catch on that I don't really know what they mean or how to use them in a sentence. Not only, I think, because I'm not exactly sure what idiosyncrasy means, it sounded great. So not only do I believe that you used it correctly in a sentence and in the context of our conversation. But in my haste, I was typing idiosyncrasy in my notes that we share here on the podcast for my shout outs. And of course I had misspelled it because I have no idea how to spell idiosyncrasy. And so it popped up with the little red lines under it spell check. And I, and I, we were laughing about it off the air. I'm like, I don't even know how to spell it. And you just like two little quick little edits right there. There it is. And it no longer has the red line underneath it. So not only do you know what idiosyncrasy apparently means and how to use it in the context of a conversation, you also know how to spell it. I am duly impressed. Um, shout out, Big Jed, to my rant that I teased for next week. So especially all of you in Division One that are just ready to get fired up at me, again, stand by for that. You'll have to tune in next week. That in the business is what we, show, what we call a tease. Um, shout out to Chance Likens and Winslow and the guys at BTE and that two-day-old sushi, that hurricane that you got coming to you, Big Jed. And with that in mind, shout out to the Tower Restroom at Montgomery International Raceway, Montgomery Raceway Park, Montgomery Motorsports, but whatever they're calling that place these days, uh, that lower-level bathroom could be in for a treat. Um, so it could be, I mean, it could be Gainesville all over again. <laughs> Oh, yes. And uh, shout out to Jenny Folk for saving me a spot at the million. And ain't nobody getting that spot. And she ain't going to have to fight for it. So thank you, Jenny. Shout out to you. And uh, guys, that's it. Be sure to tell us what you think. Message us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Or you can at either either Luke or myself on the Twitter right there. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. It's a huge week of racing. We're both headed to the million. And whether it's one of us or somebody, we're going to have a good time watching it all play out. And we can't wait to talk to you guys next week about all of it on episode 100. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning it. Football.
Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>